With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Phillips Levin of the 1012 Podcast here. If you've been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I. Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're here to talk football today. We're just going to talk football. Specifically, we're going to preview the Oklahoma Sooners. We are going to get through every Big 12 team before the season starts on September 12th. That is the plan. We've got four left. One of those we're knocking out today. Kiga Renault of Sooners Wire joining the show. We're going to talk about the Sooners. I'm very excited. It's a great interview. Lots of fun stuff to talk about with him. If you're a Sooners fan, if you're not, if you hate the Sooners, if you just want to know why, uh, it's very likely they'll probably win the conference again. Tune in for that. Um, I, I want to say this. Again, we're a few weeks out from the start of the season, but I want to let you know we have a plan in place for this year. Okay, There is going to be a set schedule that you can rely on week in and week out moving forward. After the next couple weeks, Mondays, we will have an episode out. Barring an internet catastrophe where I can't get it scheduled, it will be out Monday morning with myself, Andy Mitz, and Jamie Steyer. And we're going to recap the weekend that was in the Big 12 and around the country if we need to talk about things in other conferences. On Thursdays, you can expect an episode with myself, Chris Ross, and a TBD guest picker. We're going to make picks just like we did last week. We're going to put that on on Thursday every week. We're going to preview a game. That's the plan. I have a guy. We're probably going to have him on, but I don't want to say a name because I've learned from doing this enough times. If I give away too much information, it tends to not work out. So we will have another person helping us make picks, a guy who does a really good job with it. 
That's the plan. And then on Wednesdays, you're going to want to follow our Instagram account, 1012pod, at T-E-N-1-2-P-O-D. We will have Instagram Lives every Wednesday. That is the plan starting now. I'll have a guest every time, talking about something related to the Big 12. Maybe it'll be a game preview. Maybe it'll be a big story. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But we will have an Instagram Live every Wednesday. Go give us a follow on Instagram. Those lives are going to be a lot of fun. They have been thus far. We've done quite a few already. Post exclusive stuff to our Instagram account. We're going to have a quarterback rankings graphic up there on Monday, today. We might talk about it later. Okay. You want to know how we rank the Big 12 quarterbacks heading into the season? Go to our Instagram account. You can find out. We'll continue to do those kinds of things on Instagram only. Um, I've got one more issue of the Athlon College Sports Season Preview. I want to give that away this week. I want to give that away this week. I want to give that away and mail it out this week. So if you follow our Instagram account, one person who follows us is going to get it, whether they already follow us or start following us this week. Do that by Wednesday. If you will follow us by Wednesday on Instagram, you could win a free copy of Athlon Sports College Football Preview. Look, I understand the schedules are off and the season's weird, but there's still so much really good information. If you're a college football fan, you're going to want to have. Speaking of college football, I don't know about you guys, but I always start my college football Saturday the same way. I wake up have breakfast with my daughter. We watch college football game together, and I drink a hot cup of coffee. Don't worry, the beer, it comes to kick off. But I want a hot cup of coffee, usually with a little something in it to kick things off. This year when I pour a cup, I'm going to pour a cup of Lazy Fair coffee. Ethically sourced coffee beans from all over the world, roasted right in the heart of Big 12 country in DFW. have a great variety of flavors, including dark and light roasts. Whatever your flavor preference is, they've got it. They've also got a great coffee dry rub, perfect water we plan to throw on the grill on Saturday night to enjoy the big game of the evening. It's awesome. It is great coffee. I am a coffee snob. Okay, I coffee snob. I buy this stuff. I take it to work. My people I work with like it. My friends like it. It's really, really good stuff. And I want you to enjoy it for yourself. Visit lazyfaircoffee.com. That's L-A-Z-Y-F-A-I-R. Coffee. If you don't know how to spell coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E. LazyFairCoffee.com. At checkout, enter the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, get 10% off your order. They also offer free delivery for all orders in the DFW area. So if you're in Dallas-Fort Worth, you can get a free delivery. Okay, so visit LazyFairCoffee.com. Find the right bean for you. Don't forget to enter the promo code 1012 and enjoy a hot cup of joe with me when college football starts on September 12th. All that said, Keegan Renault, Soonerswire.com, OU Preview. Follow us on Twitter, 1012podcast. Follow us on the gram, T-E-N-1-2-P-O-D. Check out LazyAffairCoffee.com, and let's get to it. All right, it's time to talk about the Oklahoma Sooners. Keegan Renault, the Sooners Wire, my good friend, joining us today to help talk about Oklahoma. Keegan, welcome back to the show, man. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be talking about football. It seems like we're uh, the gears are heading in that direction, at least for the time, which is nice. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a very, very good thing to finally not only be talking about football, but like football with an understanding that it might actually happen. Now, it's all, let's just do this now. Let's just get this caveat out of the way. The language is still, that's the plan. I, this It feels like it's going to happen, but I will continue, and we're going to operate 
with all of our previews as though it's going to happen until they tell us it's not. So uh, with that said, let's just go with the information we have in front of us. Uh, lots to talk about with Oklahoma, uh, and you would think we want to talk about the, about the quarterback first, but I don't. I want to talk about the thing that's most interesting to me, and that would be the running back situation. Obviously, for, for Oklahoma, uh, you know, as, as much as everybody talks about OU being a passing offense, this is a rushing offense as much as it's a passing offense. But Trey Sermon, uh, probably regretting the decision now, off to Ohio State. Kennedy Brooks uh, is, is opting out for the season. Um, if I understand correctly, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pronounce Stevenson's first name incorrectly. So I'm just not even going to bother with it. Ramondre. Uh, Thank you. Still suspended for the first half of the season. I know that was six games. I assume that's five now. Uh, it's unsure. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's a chance it could even be four. It just depends on how the NCAA, the language of it, um, you know, how they, the 50% of a season and Oklahoma not playing a, you know, mandated NCAA game in the playoffs. So it, it's going to get tricky for sure. And then we'll see if they uh, win any sort of appeal. So obviously you're looking at the running back roster at this position at this point. You're down to two guys who have actually had a carry for Oklahoma on the roster. TJ Pledger and and Marcus Major have a combined 20 attempts, I think, uh, or at least last season they combined for 20 attempts. So, I mean, it's Oklahoma. In most cases you say, oh, no, it's the, the third or the fourth or the fifth string guy. But the, the talent for Oklahoma with the way they recruit at running back is there. So – how concerned should Oklahoma fans be about the running back position, um, especially if, if Stevenson does miss the first four or five games? The concern level really only hits home if they have, you know, any more issues that come up. And, and I'm talking about injuries, more, you know, more suspensions, you know, maybe a guy opting out like in Ramondre Stevenson, which I don't think he would. So you talk about that room right now, and you got a guy that's kind of the constant steady – TJ Pledger. You've got a potential home run threat, um, kind of physical back in, in Marcus Major. And then there, the praise is, uh, you know, buzz about Seth McGowan, uh, you know, per some reports of, of another podcast and other people um, that cover Oklahoma, it, 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 the buzz is real. And this is a guy that was, a, you know, highly touted running back, picked Oklahoma over Georgia. And we know what the history of the Georgia running backs and Oklahoma running backs are. So um, that's not to be unexpected. Now, I don't think you know, the concern level of running back and um, really only hits home if something else happens, especially within the first four games. Because once Ramondre Stevenson comes back, and I think everybody's on the same page, um, you know, in terms of that he was probably the most dynamic, best running back on the roster anyways. Um, and, you know, Kendy Brooks averaged seven and a half yards per carry for his two seasons at Oklahoma that he played, which is insane to even think about. That, uh, by the way, is tied atop of the Oklahoma leaderboard of guys that have gotten at least 200 rush attempts with Prentice or with Greg Pruitt. There, it's Greg Pruitt, Kennedy Brooks for the most yards per carry, um, you know, with guys at least 200 attempts. So, no, I don't, I don't think the concern level um, is too high. Um, but if something does happen, I think, you know, you're, at, you're, at, you're on thin ice as it is right now. Oklahoma can't afford to have any more issues. So the other area, I think, the offense is, is just an area that you – we shouldn't have to worry about with Lincoln Riley. Like I understand the talk with OU is you have for the first time, you know, a, a true first time starter at quarterback. You've got 
a bunch of guys at wide receiver that are young. You don't know, you know, they're they're not as proven yet. You've got the issues at running back. But it's so hard to balance what you would look at as a situation for a normal team and say, we have concerns about the offense. Can they bounce back? Can they get this stuff figured out? But then you compare it to you have Lincoln Riley running the show. And at this point, you know, the, the you have to give some credit to the guy for all the things he's done, not just as, as head coach, but since he arrived in Norman and say, yeah, you, you, they're probably going to be okay. Where do you think is a fair balance there between concern about all the, the new faces for the offense and, and concerns in regard to running back and, and, and so many young guys wide receivers and giving Lincoln Riley enough credit? I, I think, you know, obviously Lincoln does get the benefit of the doubt that this offense is going to, you know, kind of maybe even be more of an uptick than where it was at a year ago. Uh, you return all, you know, four to four, you return five starting offensive linemen, four of which will probably start. Uh, you probably have one tackle and Stacey Wilkins that will be inserted in the starting lineup. And, um, you know, I think with that, uh, along the same lines of entering a quarterback that, um, you know, a story written by Caleb McCurry of the OU Daily uh, student newspaper there at the University of Oklahoma today um, continues to illustrate that this, the, you know, the kid that's going to be playing quarterback in Spencer Rattler, it, it's, he's not normal. He, he, this is a kid that, uh, you know, even I've had conversations and I believe I've said this to you and maybe on this podcast that, you know, there was talks last year that he was showing Patrick Mahomes like kind of ability in terms of being able to make throws outside the pocket in terms of arm strength, in terms of arm talent. Um, so uh, with that being said, and then being said with Lincoln and this offensive line, I think, you know, the balance of concern uh, of new faces and then potential of what could be coming um, is definitely something that's got to be weighed heavily because this is an offense if, if things are just plug and play, which is what it has been since really 2017. And I know there was some of, sort of the same concerns there as there was, um, you know, this year. Uh, and you look at in 2017, they were returning basically every offensive lineman, um, but they were losing basically every wide receiver that had production over, you know, the first two years Lincoln was at Oklahoma. And also the running backs. Um, you lost Joe Mixon, you lost some Andre P. Ryan. So, um, sort of, there's some correlations there, but I, my concern level um, with Oklahoma's offense is, is not nearly as high as what it would have been uh, if Oklahoma wasn't returning um, so many offensive linemen and then to throw H-backs into that conversation too, because that's been such a big um, part of what Oklahoma's done offensively. And, and especially if you saw in 2019 with a bunch of two H-back personnel sets of even some three H-back personnel sets with Austin Stogner, Jeremiah Hall, and Braden Willis on the field at the same to get on the same time. And they're returning all those guys. So if there is, you know, any drop-off at the tackle position, um, those guys should be able to help um, in pass blocking and run blocking. So I, I, my concern level for Oklahoma's offense, you know, just isn't, um, you know, isn't at a place to where even it was probably two to three months ago. Um, just when, whenever you look at it on paper, they, there's just so much talent. Um, and we'll see, you know, how Lincoln puts it all together. And, but I think, you know, if there is a concern, it's, you know, having a, a young quarterback that's going to be playing in a conference with defenses that are forcing you to play in front of you. And if Spencer, um, you know, tends to try to pressure things downfield, especially when you talk about a team like Iowa State that has some, has some of the best safety play, not just in the Big 12, but in the country over the last, you know, two to three years. And you, you consider what TCU's bringing back in Oklahoma State with, um golly you're gonna kill me for not remembering the last name correctly <laughs> but um Colby Colby 
Harvell Peel. Harvey Peel. Some hard. There you go. So you know, this is a conference has some really good safety play, and I think if there is a major concern, um, it's the fact that you know you got a young quarterback that has kind of a gunslinger background and a gunslinger mentality, and if he tries to pre- force stuff down the field, um, you know, pre- and, and pressure throws into windows that aren't there. Um, I think that's where my concern is at for this offense, and we'll see um, kind of what that tackle position is going to look like because Adrian Ely, and I know there was a lot of conversation about him playing through injury for much of last season. Um, Adrian Ely, you know, has to be better, and they have to be better at left tackle and right tackle. And then, you know, having a guy like Austin Rambo continue to make steps and progress in the right direction and, and getting production out of a, a grad transfer in Theo Howard and, and a true freshman Marvin Mims with reports that both of those guys have been really good so far. I'm trying to – did you and I have the conversation on in the Twitter DMs um, when we filled out our well, – my uh, Big 12 preseason team, I didn't put Rattler as my newcomer of the year because it doesn't – to me, if you're going to say someone's a newcomer – like they shouldn't be someone who actually played games last year. You can make the argument that he played a limited amount, blah, 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 blah. Uh, obviously he, he got newcomer of the year, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but the guy I picked was still an OU guy. I'm really high on Theo Howard. And, and I have a, I have a feeling that with, even with the young guys at wide receiver, that he's the guy who can make a big impact. So I'm really curious from you just on the wide receivers. What are you hearing about, about Theo Howard and the rest of the guys there? He's explosive. And I started to work on a story about him before he uh, tore his, you know, the tore his Achilles. And I, I, I can say this with a hundred percent confidence that this is a guy that got hurt before he got on campus. And I know that there is continued to be reports of it happening after um, he got hurt before you don't come back from an Achilles injury in six months. You just don't. So that being said, you know, this is a guy that's explosive. He, he was one of the best athletes out of the state of California in his recruiting class. I got to talk to his high school coach about him. Um, really, really good kid. Uh, a, a guy that kind of just gets it. And if you follow him on Twitter, he is a great follow, by the way. He very thought, thought-provoking tweets, you know, about the current climate of the you know, country and um, all sorts of other things as well. So, um, but no, I think this is a guy that, you know, you've seen the impact that Jeff Bidette had in 2017 and he would have been probably much better if Oklahoma State sidelines weren't so close to the field uh the, the walls at least if you remember what I'm talking about but um you know I I think you know him you know you add him in with getting Trudgeon Bridges back after you know the first half of the season and then you also have Marvin Mims and Marvin Mims is a guy man I, I'm telling you um you know they brought in three five-star wide receivers Oklahoma's got a chance to bring in two five-star wide receivers in the 2021 class. And I think Marvin Mims may have a chance to be just as good as any of them. You know, this is a guy that um, gives me a very Tyler Lockett feel um, to his game. He's very smooth in and out of his routes. He's very, he's got breakaway speed. He's got track speed and he's physical. Um, Wants to be able to block and um, wants to be able to get extra yards um, after contact. So um, with all that being said, no, kind of circling back to Theo Howard, um, he, he obviously was a very explosive guy at a high school, um, big time track guy in the state of California could have actually gone and ran track, um, instead of play football. And I believe that was his intention at UCLA whenever he went there. Um, and you need to talk about a guy, you know, that's going to be playing with a quarterback like Spencer Rattler. That's not going to be afraid to attack downfield. Um, and I think it's a, you know, a match made in heaven for Oklahoma and you get a guy like 
him. You get a guy like Charleston Rambo. You get a guy, you have a guy like Marvin Mims, and then you get Trey Brutus back. So, um, you know, the, it, it's it's a plethora of talent, um, especially at the inside wide receiver position. And um, I think Theo Howard will get his, his first crack at it um, with, alongside Charleston Rambo, and we'll kind of see um, what comes of it. Yeah, I just I understand why <clears throat> keeps wanting to point out the wide receivers as a potential concern because they're young. We got to see it. I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, I, I am I am more of the I'll believe it's going to not work when I see it than I need to see proof of it working. It just it doesn't. I mean, come on, folks. Uh, one area of the field that we do need to kind of see some more evidence is moving in the right direction. Obviously, it's the defense. Um, mm-hmm. Alex Grinch is going to be year two. Didn't get much of an off season, so I I, I want to start just where where do you think this defense needs to be? Not having had spring, not having had summer, not having a true off season to really get things going and really develop. You'd like to see a big step forward in year two, but what do you think is a realistic expectation for this defense this year? I think them kind of having the same production they had a year ago. I, I think the safety play and a lot of the talk was, um, you know, potential, you know, lose having more big plays against you because of not having a guy like Kenneth Murray and it to help out in running game. And I know Oklahoma was susceptible to a lot of big plays a year ago. Um, no, but you know, you talked to Alex French the other day and you follow me on Twitter and you know how blunt and honest he was a year ago. <laughs> this guy, I, I have, he was so, I, it seemed like he was excited. Like it was really weird. You know, a year ago this time he was basically telling, everybody that they weren't any good and that they needed to be better. And we want to tattoo how many turn, how, how bad we were on pass defense in 2018 on, on them. Like th- that's what he was saying. And then it turns around and he, you know, he singles out six, seven different guys that are returning starters that are, you know, practicing at a different level that are, you know, attacking film at a different level, all those things. And, and it kind of, I don't know that, uh, you know, you, you, you don't want to fall for coach speak. That's for sure. But with how honest he is, with how blunt he is, and the fact that he was willing to come out and say that about some of his guys, I, I think that says a lot. And so when you talk about the defense this year, um, you know, on paper, it's then a linebacker. And I think <clears throat> that's the most, you know, of major concern is that if a guy does go down there, if Deshaun White or Brian Asimo goes down, then you're going to be hurting there. And But if those guys can stay healthy – you know, this defense is probably as athletic as it was a year ago. This defense probably has better, better play in the secondary than it had a year ago. And the biggest thing for me is how Perrion Winfrey comes along. You know, the junior college transfer from Iowa Western, the number one junior college prospect in the country. You know, if he is advertised, then Oklahoma has another force at the middle. Um, the only problem that they're going to have is early on in the season. It's the problem we saw in the Peach Bowl was that, you know, they didn't have an edge rusher that was reliable um, when Ronnie Perkins went down. So you got a guy like Marcus Stripling that needs to step up. That was a young pup a year ago. And you got a guy like I promise that's an experienced bet that's going to have to step up. And, and if they can't, the Perry on Winfrey is going to be getting double teamed and, and like Neville Gallimore did in the Peach Bowl get triple teamed probably at times. And, and then that takes away pass rush. And that puts a lot of pressure on your secondary to be really good. And I don't, in this secondary, I think has a lot of talent, but I don't think it's as talented as what it should be be at a place like Oklahoma quite yet so um, you know they, they've got some ways to go there um, but when you talk about this defense I think you know they probably force more turnovers um, they probably do give up a couple more big plays 
But, you know, if they can just cause some more turnovers, then, um, you know, I, I believe they were one of the worst teams in the country a year ago forcing turnovers. And Alice Grinch said that's basically all he cares about for four weeks of the preseason and the three weeks of the season and then nothing happened. So um, they got to be able to do that. I think if they can force some more turnovers this year, they're going to be in really good shape. Um, but I don't foresee them taking a huge leap in 2020. And we'll, and I think that huge leap is awaiting them in 2021 when um, you've got guys like DeLaren Turner-Yell and Pat Fields and Jaden Davis and Deshaun White and Brian Asamoah and um, all those guys returning for another year as well as having Perry on Winfrey back and maybe Ronnie Perkins. So um, it's, for me, it's sort of looking ahead to what they, how elite they could be in 2021. Um, but in 2020, I, I think that they – are going to be a lot of the same as they were in 2019, um, but probably cause a couple more turnovers, and um, which is obviously going to be beneficial. So you talk about <clears throat> sorry, you talk about Grinch's honesty. Can I let me let me ask this? Do you think this is just blunt honesty, and so you don't want to have deal with you know just buying a coach peak, uh, or could we argue this is some some psychology on his part, being the way he was last year? was how he felt he needed to to start with them and break them down. Because it was not he wasn't showing up to a good defense. Um, they had, obviously, a defense that wasn't great at tackling. They had some bad habits. So is it the mindset of, I can tear them down ahead of year one when I first get here? I have This is the time to do that. And then year two, even if they aren't as pro, has, haven't progressed as much as you would like, now it's when you start building them up. Now you start giving them the confidence that they need. Do you think it's just blunt honesty and that's exactly what you expect from him? Or is there some psychology in the way he's handled, you know, ahead of year one and now ahead of year two? And you'll have to beat this out, but, you know, he mind fucks us, like, in the media by some of the things that he says. You, like, you, you think he's mad, but then he turns around and smiles. You think he's happy, and then he turns around and t- tells us his safeties are terrible. So, uh, yeah, I think there's some – philosophical approach to it and it's clear you know uh Delaren Turner Yell mentioned today that you know he mentioned that you know what coach Crunch said with you guys on the other day so it's clear that these guys are paying attention to what he's saying at all times and so yeah I think there's a still uh you know psychological philosophical deal to, uh, an approach to it um but you know this is a guy that he's as football guy as it can get I mean phrases actions he had a scratch on his forehead cut on his forehead the other day during the zoom call that i if that wasn't from a headbutting somebody with a helmet on i don't know what it was that looked exactly like it so this is this is a guy that you know i i think he was being honest about these guys being different players but i think that also says a lot about these players buying into the system and i and i, th- I think that's something that you couldn't say um at the tail end of mike Stoops's. Um, as the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma. So, uh, you know, them buying in as well as these guys actually being talented and being used in the proper way and being coached in the right way and being developed in the right way, um, I think has, has, has a lot to say about what Alex Grinch is doing. And I, and I think, you know, him in what he said the other day about how where the defense is at and had the fact that they are in a much better place than they were at this time a year ago, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I think that's because of his leadership. And I think that's because of Grinch um, you know, getting guys to buy in to an idea, to getting guys to buy into the system. And uh, I think that's going to pay dividends. And, uh, and it clearly did in 2019 with Kenneth Murray and, and Parnell Motley is still the most mind-blowing um, development from last year. I mean, that guy looked like he wasn't sniffing the NFL at all. 
and turns out to be a you know a, a all Big 12 caliber corner, and then obviously is tearing it up down in Tampa Bay already for the Buccaneers. And, um, you know, so that there's there's proof in the pudding a little bit that they they're capable of this coaching staff is capable of doing it, and we'll see uh, you know if these things come to fruition. But overall, no, I, kind of back to what you asked before. No, the, you know the concern for me is more about just the depth, um, not the talent, not the not the issues that you know maybe it, with guys being suspended or being hurt. Um, no, it's just the depth, especially at linebacker, and then um, you know maybe having a guy that can take some pressure off Perry on Winfrey and the guys at nose tackle like Jordan Kelly, um, you know, to, to, that they're not getting double and triple teamed and that those guys can go make some plays. Because I think what made Neville Gallum more really good last year was Ronnie Perkins being a threat off the edge. So let's talk about the uh, the schedule. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. Oklahoma, obviously they won non-conference games. could be Missouri State. They, they really wanted to keep this game. Obvious reasons, tier three game for them. It's big money for game for them. And, and honestly, even if you do put on a pay-per-view, I think most of you fans are going to pay for it because they're so desperate for football. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just going to tell you. But, you know, say la vie. Then we get to the Big 12 schedule. And the Big 12 did not do OU any favor. The Big 12 did not treat its primary contender the way that the SEC treated all of their big contenders. OU opens with Kansas State, revenge game. Goes on the road to Iowa State, gets Texas and Dallas. Idle week. And then back-to-back road games at TCU and Texas Tech. Oklahoma does not have a home game the entire month of October. They go from September 26th to November 7th between home games. Looking at the way this schedule stacks up, you, you've got two of the arguably three other top teams in the conference early. You get Kansas State. I know it's a revenge game for them, but they're, it's not a, a terrible team. Back-to-back road games, and you could argue TCU and Texas Tech are going to be in the back half of the conference or middle of the pack, but that's still back-to-back road games. Just looking at the schedule, you know, when OU loses a game under Lincoln Riley, they lose one early. They don't tend to, they don't lose conference games late. I think the game against Kansas State's the latest they've lost a conference game since Lincoln Riley got to to Norman. That includes as the offensive coordinator. So. Looking at the schedule and the, the fact that it seems fairly front-loaded outside of Bedlam in November, how how difficult and how daunting is the schedule early on? It's daunting in the idea that there is an opportunity for Oklahoma to get into some shootouts, right? They, you know, Brock Purdy in that offense at Iowa State should be elite this year. Texas, obviously, there's a lot of buzz about how the offense is going down there. Um you know, so I, I think that right there is where it is. And you, you have a quarterback in Spencer Rattler that hasn't been put in a situation that every single drive they have to go score. Um, but I think that, you know, and I said this on air here in Oklahoma City uh, last, or earlier in the week, you know, it, it may be time for Oklahoma to embrace the shootout again because, if, because they, you know, Oklahoma is probably going to need to score 40 to 50 points every game to win. And that may not be because the defense is worse. That may be because these offenses have gotten that much better. So, the, you know, early on the season, going on the road to Ames, you playing an offense with Brock Purdy and uh, my love affair, uh, Br- Bryce, Brees Hall. Brees Hall. And, mm-hmm. Brees Hall. Mm, 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 mm. That, kid, that kid is going to be a superstar. But mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, you get that, and then you get, you know, he's obviously having Charlie Kolar and an Oklahoma product that I, I don't know how uh, Oklahoma State didn't recruit, <clears throat> uh, Sean Shaw. And, you know, I, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those situations that you're playing a defense 
that, like I mentioned earlier, that's going to put a lot of pressure on you to, to stay in front of them. That's going to, it's going to make you, it's going to force you to not, you know, to be disciplined in your reads and your, and your progressions and your throws. And I think that right there is probably the biggest concern of that game out up in Ames. It may not be because Iowa State's better. It may not be because Iowa State has a better defense or has a better offense. It's that you've got a quarterback in Spencer Rattler that we don't know what he, how he's going to react uh, whenever a, you know, when, whenever a defense is played like it, like it does at Iowa State. And then, you know, be able to have to score on every drive and, that's something that Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray were accustomed to. And Lord, did they put up points um, at any chance they could get. And, but, you know, you're talking about a kid that, you know, could, as it stands today, is the second best Heisman odds in the country and hasn't even started a game. I don't know if you've seen that. It's insane. Uh, he moved up from third to second because Justin Fields isn't playing. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. So, you know, this is a guy that's obviously incredibly talented. And then you kind of get in that Texas game. Um, and I do want to say this. I, I, I truly feel as if where Oklahoma's strengths are going to be at this year, in the secondary, uh, up front on the offensive line, uh, you know, in the H-back room with physical fullbacks and tight ends. Um, a lot of those things play into a lot of what these teams' weaknesses are going to be. And, um, you know, you're looking – you know, this year the defensive line across, you know, across the Big 12 shouldn't be – um, nearly as, as difficult as it was a year ago. Um, obviously, Kansas State has a D end. Obviously, Trace Ford at Oklahoma State. Obviously, um, Joseph Osai um, at Texas. But, you know, these aren't interior defensive linemen. These aren't guys to be facing the brunt uh, of run blocking. And Oklahoma should be um, pretty prudent in, in how they, um, you know, attack offensively, especially in the running game. And, uh, you know, you get a guy like Marcus Major and, and, and Seth McGowan and then Ramondre Stevenson back, and, and, you know, that worry is sort of of gone um, against playing Oklahoma. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely they didn't do them any favors, but it, I, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is I think it's a little overblown, a little bit of, of, of a schedule. Uh, you know, obviously I think it's a make-or-break game in Ames, but, you know, TCU getting a buy before TCU getting bye week before Bedlam um you know that Texas game is obviously the biggest game of the year and if you can get past Iowa State and I think if you can win that Iowa State game in a shootout that should give you a lot of confidence heading into that Texas game um considering the fact that Texas you know offensive line still not where it needs to be for a program like Texas and their interior defensive line um you know isn't at a place where it needs to be either uh, especially in terms of depth so um, I don't, I'm not overly concerned, you know, for Oklahoma about the schedule. And I guess I've said, I'm not overly concerned about anything about Oklahoma. Um, so I'm not trying to be too much of a homer. I'm just trying to, you know, put, put this picture together that, you know, there is an opportunity that Oklahoma is going to be better this year than they were in 2019. And, and, and there's a really good opportunity that can, that's good. That is going to happen. And, you know, I, I think there, there are some things that have to come together for them and we'll see. You know, I, and I, I put it in my three takeaways of the schedule. Um, that's a make-or-break game against Iowa State early in the season. So, um, you know, we'll see how uh, we'll see how they react to that. And I think, you know, they got a shot to be um, really, really, really good this year. And, and I think that there's also a chance that they could be very average. So we'll see. Uh, um, you know, very average in, in terms of where Oklahoma's been at the last three or four years. So um, I lean on the on the former that they got a chance to be really good. And uh, uh, you know. Know, with Lincoln Riley at the helm and, and what Alex Grinch said to the media and to us the other day, uh, you know, that doesn't give me as much concern about the schedule as you can. 
Yeah, to me, if, if OU comes out of the start of, of conference play 3-0, I, I even as an Oklahoma State guy, like I don't see another game that they lose the rest of the way, um, especially not with not the Bedlam being in Stillwater or Norman really matters much, but especially with Bedlam and Norman, I just I don't I don't see another game where you're like like you could maybe at Texas Tech maybe they take a big step maybe at West Virginia because they play better than the season, but that that would just be so unlike OU to trip up in games like that in those spots under Lincoln Riley. Uh, speaking to the idea that that OU could be better this year, I mean as long as you don't have a quarterback who's putting you in some giant massive hole that he then has to try and bring you back out of, that alone should help make OU better this year than they were last year. That's bait. You're baiting you gonna, me. Are you gonna You're baiting me? Are you gonna take the bait? Do you want to take? I mean, clearly, <laughs> Oklahoma's going to be better at quarterback in 2020 than they were in 2019. And anybody that doesn't see that is just being irrational and ignorant to the fact that there was a reason why Oklahoma's offense sputtered for basically most of the last half of the season and yes offensive line play was a key to that but also not seeing wide open receivers and making reads um is another part of that so there's 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 a reason he lost his job in alabama there's you know it's we'll just we'll just leave it at that keegan uh i appreciate you taking the bait even though it was more of a nibble than a full-on bite uh Always a pleasure to have you on the show here, man. Do me a favor for everybody who wants to check out the work you do uh, covering the Sooners all season long. Where can they do so? Yes. Um, you know, you can come check us out at Soonerswire.com. It's powered by USA Today Sports. You can follow me at, at Keegan Renault. And then you can, you know, check out my contributors at, at, at D Park OK. That's Derek Parker. And then um, I added Stephen Plasance, who has been a quality addition um, this far with his analytics and so we're bringing a different style to how we're going to attack this year. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, I think, we're, think everybody will enjoy what we do. And, and I hope you come check us out. Yeah, you guys are my, uh, my favorite OU site. That's saying something. So There's a lot of good, there's a <laughs> lot of them out there. That's for there's sure. A, so there's no, a lot of that. OU sites. There, OU, there, there's no shortage in OU and Texas sites. So, but there are some that do a better job than others. All right, man, I know you've got some radio interviews to get ready for, so appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, bud. Absolutely. Take care. Podcast Network.